What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi. Today is Saturday, July the 7th, and you guys are listening to episode number 68. Um, I was going to do it again yesterday, but I was at Foxwoods, and um, I would have ended up doing it at 2 o'clock in the morning, uh, and I couldn't do it from the hotel, so... That's why uh, it's Saturday, but it will always be from now on um, recorded on Fridays. And I got my first complaints about my podcast recently. Somebody has said to me that um, my podcast, they like it. They think the podcast is great. They think I'm honest. They get a lot of, you know, you know, you get a lot of insight in my podcast. I try to give you real, you know, details about, you know, what it's like to, um, you know, be a stand-up comedian and, and go through all the shit that we go through. Plus, I like to talk about everything, and I got great feedback on that. The complaint was that my podcast is too inconsistent. Now, I would have to agree that sometimes I said it would be on a Thursday and it was on a Friday, Saturday, or even Sunday. I understand that. But one complaint I don't agree with is somebody said, yeah, sometimes Verzi's podcast is every month. That's fucking ridiculous. My podcast is not on every month. I've never waited a month. There have been in the year, in the, you know, I guess I've been doing this now, January, like a year and a half, I guess, or I don't know, however fucking long I've been doing it, but uh, over a year, and there have been a few missed weeks due to some shit, and I've kind of been off the days that I said I was going to be doing it, which is my bad. I take responsibility for that. Um, I said it was going to be on Thursdays. I move it to Fridays and look, even today is Saturday. So I'm trying to make sure from now on that they're going to be recorded on Fridays and I will get more consistent with that. And if I can't, there will be a reason, but you know, first of all, I don't want anybody a fucking explanation. I got two kids and I'm fucking exhausted, but I am going to try to make them, you know, on Fridays, um, more consistently and, uh, do whatever I have to do. But, um, I am fucking exhausted. I'm going to get into that. The two kids thing is absolutely taking a toll. Um, you parents out there are my fucking heroes. You know, I said on stage last night, soldiers and parents are the two fucking, they're the heroes. You know, not fucking Snooky or whoever else, all these other fucking people that people look up to and have money. The parents and the soldiers, man. Those are the people. Um, I'm fucking so tired right now. This is going to be a... Uh, this might be a, a a punch drunk fucking. It's gonna be insane. Last night I was in a car with um, my friends Adrian Apolucci and Chris Lamberth, uh, both comedians you heard on the show. But you know we were just so tired. I'll get into it. Uh, everything. First of all, I want to say uh, a belated happy Fourth of July to America. It was a cool Fourth of July. I got to spend it. Um, pretty much at home, there were some thunderstorms. The night before, we went to this golf course here in Westchester, and we watched some fireworks, which were pretty cool. My son loves them. He just looks up at them, and he screams, and he's like, that one was my favorite. Then the next one goes, that's my favorite. Oh, the purple is my favorite. Had a great time doing that, and then um, just sat in the house on 4th of July, and a project came up, so I had to do a bunch of writing, but I tried to make time for the family. Um, oh, this is one thing I had to talk about. I am going to make your barbecues or your parties or anything you do in the summer a lot better with uh, what I'm about to tell you. Okay, I went to a barbecue 
um, with my wife, my wife's girlfriend, who she's known for years and years, you know, like when they first started high school. And um, we went to the barbecue at the house. Uh, this was a few days before. This was the weekend before 4th of July because uh, 4th of July was on, you know, obviously uh, Wednesday. So this was uh, the weekend before and we go and there's an outdoor game you could play at a barbecue or in your backyard called Can Jam. Okay. Now, for you people that don't know what Can Jam is, it was one of the coolest fucking games I ever played. And I said when I was there, I go, man, I'm talking about this shit on my podcast. That's how much fun I had. It was unreal. Can Jam is uh, kind of like, well, you know, when you go to a barbecue, what do you play? You play beanbag toss, you know, whatever they call it, cornhole or beanbag toss, whatever. I play that. Um, and it's fun. You know, you get good at it. And, you know, you know where to throw. You know, for you people that don't know beanbag toss, it's kind of like a horseshoe thing. You throw this beanbag up a ramp and there's a little hole in it. If it goes in, it's like three points. If you get it close, if it hangs off, it's two. If it gets on the board, it could be one. If you're closer, then you're, you know, it's, it's kind of like a horseshoes game. Then, of course, you have the traditional classic horseshoes game where, you know, you throw it into the sand pit. You get the horseshoe around the, you know, around the, the metal, uh, you know, pipe sticking out and, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know how to do that shit. Well, I got introduced to Can Jam, and I am fucking hooked. Okay, I'm insanely competitive. I love doing athletic things anyway. And here's the difference between what. Here's why I like Can Jam as much as those, if not more, because beanbag toss it never changes. You know, the board is a certain amount of distance away. You throw the thing. You either land it on it and it goes in, or not. Okay, same thing with horseshoes. Horseshoes, you throw it in, you're going to either get it close in the sand pit next to the fucking pipe or not. Can Jam is a game where I'm buying this shit. Like, I'm buying this shit and I'm, I'm going to just play it, even not at a barbecue. That's how fun it is. You could get it at, like, Dick's or whatever. It's a thing where there's, like, a bucket or, like, a garbage can on each side. Like, so it's, like, 20 feet away from each other or whatever, or 20 yards away from each other. There is a... You know, like a two-foot little, like, uh, black cylinder. It's like a garbage can. And, and like, in the middle of it is a slot, just kind of like a mailbox slot where, you know, you use a Frisbee and the Frisbee could go in the slot. So there's a garbage can on one side, a garbage can on the other, and it's black, and the top is opened, okay? Now, you are on one side, your teammate is at another, and then you're with an opponent on your side, and then there's opponent down on your um, teammate's side, like it's beanbag toss, okay, so it's basically teams of two, you know, you're on one side with your opponent, your teammate's on another side with the opponent, and you throw this frisbee back and forth, now, the point of the game is, if you throw the frisbee, and like I said, the, the, the garbage can is only like two feet off the air, uh, I mean off the ground, so... If you throw the frisbee, it's this yellow frisbee and the and the cylinders are black. You throw this frisbee and the ultimate point is if the frisbee goes in the slot, game over, your team wins. That's how hard it is because it has to be like two feet off the ground and go perfectly into this tiny slit that can basically is only like an inch higher than the uh, frisbee on both sides if it went in. It's like it's got to be perfect. It actually happened once, but... So it's really hard. That's the that's the point of the game, but it's almost it's it's so hard the chances are ridiculous. 
So now, when you throw the Frisbee, if you hit the cylinder, it's worth two points. If you throw it and it's going to miss the cylinder, your teammate can run after the Frisbee and try to tap it with their hands to hit the cylinder. And you could run across the backyard. That's the coolest part about the game. So if your teammate throws the Frisbee down to try to get it near or in this, this you know, can, and it's all fucked up and it's like flying to the left or the right, you can run as the partner, as the teammate, and literally dive and tap this Frisbee and try to make it go either in or near. Now, if you dive or if you tap it, okay, and it hits the side, it's worth one point. If you smack it in the cylinder and it goes in the can, it's worth three. It was fucking unbelievable. So if it's like really high and it's not going to be neither, you just can tap it down. And that's why they call it can jam. It's almost like you're jamming it. You tap it down in and you get three points. First team to 21 wins. And you have to get 21 points exactly. So if you go over, you go down a few points. I think you go down like four points or something. So you'll go down to you'll go down to 16 if you if you don't do it. Um, and so if you tap it to the side and it hits the side of it, it's one point. If you um, hit it directly on a fly and your teammate lets it go, it's worth two. And if they tap it in the cylinder and it goes down, it's worth three. Phenomenal. Okay, I went to this thing. Oh yeah, I'll play. I'll see how it is. My first, few, and I'm so competitive. Like I haven't thrown a frisbee in forever, so my my throwing was all fucked up. It was just my teammate doing good, and and we actually ended up running off. I think six in a row. We won six games in a row. We were running the barbecue, and then my teammate's brother came in, and they ended up winning seven in a row, and it was heartbreaking, but it was awesome. And I'm sitting there with a beer, thinking I'm gonna play one and just hang out. It's hot. I was jumping around, diving. It was awesome. Get Can Jam and go to the house and play it. You will not be disappointed because you, the the difference is it, it can change all the time. You can run 10 feet away from this thing and do some sick tap backwards. And if the thing just happens to get lucky and goes in, you can, it's unreal. So it's athletic. It's, it's coordination. It's everything. Get Can Jam. I should be a spokesperson. If they do a fucking commercial, there should be lunatic people who take shit so seriously and are so competitive that, you know... That they just they, they they take it that seriously. I should be a spokesperson for them. I hope I got you excited about it. If you got a yard, go to Dick's Sporting Goods right now. Go to Target. Go to Walmart. Any of those places. Go get Can Jam and go play it. And then I want you to fucking thank me. That's how fun it is. Uh, yep. And that was it. And then we, uh, you know, we had some, you know, I performed at Stand Up New York. Uh, that was great. Sold out. Stand Up New York in New York City is starting to slowly turn into. One of the best rooms. I was there on a Monday night, closing out the Monday night show. It was sold out and packed like it was a Saturday night. It was fucking awesome. And then, um, yeah, that's it. Spent some time at home. With the Fourth of July is funny because when you go to these parties, it's just you know like anything else, especially in this country, it's such an excuse to eat and party and just totally overindulge. And I was actually good again. I'm trying to keep my weight, you know, the same or try to go down a little bit. And you see people just throwing down like three fucking hot dogs just because the hot dogs are there, eating all kinds of dips. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, as you get older, I'm like, this guy's digestive system is so fucked up and he doesn't even know it. And he's just sitting there with like a Sam Adams in his hand, just shoveling hot dogs down his fucking head. 
and you're just thinking to yourself, this guy's going to have all this guy, like digestive problems. He's going to get gas. He's not going to be able to sleep. I'm not fucking doing that anymore, man. I, I had, I had a, no, I didn't even have a burger. I had like some, some grilled chicken. I had some, some clams. Like I, I ate good. And I'm trying to really, you know, there was this cheese dip or some kind of dip with cheese caked on top of it. And I kept putting some like Fritos in there and I kept eating it. It was so fucking good. I kept, you know, it's one of those things where I was like, all right, I'm only going to have a couple of beers and do this. But Can Jam, you know what it did? It made me run around and burn some damn calories sweating. Um, so that was my 4th of July. I hope all you guys had a good 4th of July week or weekend or whatever, or whatever you did. It was awesome. Uh, fireworks and everything. I had a buddy actually, um, friend of mine. He was actually on the podcast a while back. If you listen this far back, my buddy, Sean Quinn, and he went to those San Diego fireworks where they all went off to get together. So they heard this big explosion and it was supposed to be the start of the fireworks. And apparently there was a mistake and a malfunction and every like the, the all the money that they put on for this display all went off at once. And he was like, Paul, it was the most awesome thing. I was like, holy shit, if this is the beginning, <laughs> the fucking finale is going to be epic. It was 15 seconds or like five seconds. It was just everything just went off and blew up all at once. And then it was over and all those people had to leave. Um, And he was like, this is going to be fucking epic. <laughs> And it's so funny because uh, we missed each other, calling each other just to say what's up or whatever. I was going to talk to him about something. And he goes, hey, man, what's up, Paul? This is Sean. I'm going down to San Diego. And then at night I heard, did you hear what happened at the San Diego fireworks? So I called. We talked the other day. And I go, dude, when you were in San Diego, did you go to those fireworks? And he goes, yeah, but here's the thing. They all went off. And I just started laughing. And I go, it's your fucking luck that you were there. Only you would be at that one. But um, fireworks are awesome, man. You know what I appreciate fireworks more? I appreciate fireworks more as a parent with a little kid. Because you see just the wonderment. You see how they look at them. And, you know, to us, you know, I'm 33 years old. I look up at fireworks. Oh, that was a cool one. Yeah, let's get to the finale. Or, you know, I'm into it, but I'm not, like, it's not nuts. And I'm watching my son watch them. I was just like, this is fucking, this is amazing. So um, I think I think I'm gonna when we get a house in a yard I think I want to go and be like the family that does the fireworks, you know just because of what the kids do. They they my um, at the barbecue we went to my wife's friend they did it. And they were like yeah you know it could be expensive but the kids never forget it and I'm like you know something that is a fucking phenomenal answer that's absolutely right and um, it was awesome. So um, can jam and fireworks and food that's my that's gonna be the Fourth of July's that I do moving forward. Okay, got to get into um, some some uh, some thanking here. I want to thank everybody who came out to Foxwoods uh, Comics at Foxwoods Casino. Um, the crowds were crowds, casino crowds, man. Every time they're they're a little, it's just a little different. They're a little weird, but I had a really good time. And um, Sarah Silverman obviously hurt my numbers because she was at the MGM Theater which was like not even a mile away. Um, and uh, so, you know, the comedy club wasn't, you know, obviously as filled up as I wanted it to be uh, last night, but it was still decent. They were great. Sold my um, TVE Versi Effect podcast t-shirts 
and it looks like I'm going to sell out of these, which means I'm going to get a new batch, and I'm going to change up the colors from white and black. I'm going to do maybe black and white and all that stuff. So um, I was really pleased about that. I met a cool, you know, I met cool people from from St. Louis came out. They bought a shirt. There was funny. There was this one guy and his son. And like, if I ever did any kind of crowd work during the night or ask a question, he would just throw his son under the bus. I'd be, he'd be like, yeah, this guy, he's gotten bullied. And then he did this and he just started telling like stories about his son. And his son just looked at him like, you are such a dick. And I had a great time with them. They were from St. Louis. They were awesome. They bought a t-shirt. Uh, it was nice, man. It's nice to, you know, when I do, go to the, the New England area, you know, you think it's going to be all people from, you know, this area. But the people just come out to casinos and, you know, like to do whatever on vacation, gamble. You meet all, all walks of life. So thank you so much for coming out. Thank you if you bought the t-shirts. Please uh, download the show. I appreciate the support. Um, I had a good time there with Adrian Appalucci. The Thursday night show was awesome, and um, and then last night uh, they uh, cha- I was supposed to be there on tonight, but Bill Bellamy is coming in, and they knew I knew that ahead of time, and I had the week, so I ended up doing it. But um, yeah, if you're in that area and you want to go to a comedy club, man, uh, f- uh, Comics of Foxwoods, uh, it's a nice room. It's a good time. You'll have a good time there, and uh, you could drink and lose all your money. So. Uh, that was awesome. Thank you to everybody um, for that. I'm fucking exhausted, guys. I am... Listen to me right now. A buddy of mine told me, when you have one kid, it's one. When you have two, it's a million. And just like when people said to me, hey, you're having a kid, get your sleep. Get your sleep. You're always like, yeah, fuck you, you know. It is the same thing. He was right again. Two is a million. She cries when she's hungry. You feed her. She's fine. Then my son needs something. I got my manager calling me up. This is why I'm doing this documentary. That's why this movie is being made. Because it is just so nuts to do both of these. And the weird thing is, as my career is moving up and things are getting better in my career, my personal life is getting crazier. It's like, it's the weirdest thing. You would think it would be opposite, but it wouldn't be, I wouldn't be opposite because I'd be fucking around if I didn't have this shit in my life. You know, for all you people out there, oh, you know, I don't want, don't be that fucking lonely comedian who's sitting down in New York City in a studio apartment not doing anything. Don't do that, man. That's a lonely, shitty feeling. You know, you think it's all good. You stay in the clubs, you hang out, you drink, and you got fucking nothing, man. Fuck that. And, and but so and, and things are going well for me and I, I'm loving it and, and, and you you see what's important and shit, but I am fucking tired. I was writing for the SB Awards and we had a deadline to get a certain amount of jokes done. We did that. Then um, I had a great opportunity to submit jokes uh, to Comedy Central for the roast of Roseanne, which is going to be coming up. Uh, that's a little inside information for the Verzi Effectors. There were comedians that are submitting. Now, this doesn't mean that I'm going to be writing... Um, for all the comedians that are on the dais and, and, and that are going to be doing it. But they wanted to see my writing packet within 24 hours of, uh, yeah, fuck it. I could tell you guys this. I'm going to tell you guys what went down. I got a phone call from my manager and they were like, yo, they're looking for, they're looking for writers for the, um, for the roast, for the roast of Roseanne. And, um, I was like, cool. So they're like, yeah, they want a writing packet from you. They want you to write. So we want want to see what you could crank out in like 24 hours. And um, I'm actually going to read some of these fucking roast jokes to you guys. I'm going to give you guys the fucking goods right now. 
I'm going to give you guys some of them and I'll tell you. But anyway, so here were the rules. You had to pick three celebrities. It could have nothing to do with Roseanne. There could be no jokes about Roseanne or anybody that's going to be, you know, um, there, really. So you want you had to pick three random, like, pop culture icons or, you know, celebrities, whatever. And you just had to write, like, pages of jokes about them and submit them. And I did it, but I had a deadline. I had a deadline, and I had to get it done by the end of the day on 4th of July because it needed to be submitted on Thursday. And I had to perform at Foxwoods, and I was two hours away. So I had the deadline for the ESPYs. I had the fucking deadline for this this roast jokes thing, and then I had to run out to, to Foxwoods and perform, and I got the two kids at home, okay? Do I want you to feel my pain? Yes, I hope you know I'm fucking exhausted. It is It is so tough. Um, and I know I sound like a hypocrite. I'm like, you have to do it. You got to get a personal life. Don't just be that person. And then I'm like, yeah, I can cry. I'm so tired and delirious. But, uh, let me read some of these. I'm going to read some of the jokes. I'm going to tell you guys some of the people I picked. Okay. I normally wouldn't do this, but I felt like I had to give more because you guys said that my podcast wasn't consistent enough. So now I feel like, all right, I'm going to read you a, a couple from the, um, Right, the three people that I picked to submit to were, I picked Kim Kardashian, Tom Cruise, and Oprah Winfrey were the three people that um, I wanted to, you know, to, to submit to. And I had a certain amount. So here's um, here's some of the things that I wrote for uh, for Kim Kardashian. And, and then there, there's one that everybody like really liked and I'm really proud of it. And I'm going to read it to you guys. But that's the Tom Cruise one that I think is like... Oh, and we were under instructions that this time it can't be that vulgar or like, it needs to be more sophisticated, more like the Dean Martin roasts. But I had to, you know, I had to be edgy and throw some shit in there. So here's what I got. I put... Uh, Kim Kardashian made $65 million last year. That is amazing. Good for her. She is proof that with hard work, dedication... And a handheld HD camera, dreams do come true. Kim Kardashian is like Madison Square Garden. Only black dudes play there. Being in a relationship with Kim is like leasing a big car. You get serviced for a couple years, deal with the expenses, and then realize you want a smart car. Um, <laughs> then I just put ones that were like silly. I put Kim is like my pet cat Stanley. She's always laying on her back shedding hair. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh. <laughs> uh, Kim is not the brightest girl. Thank God she and that caveman Humphreys got divorced. Could you imagine if they had kids? There's already one too many schnookies in the world. Uh, here's another silly one. They said that Kim had a fairy tale wedding. I think they meant hairy tail wedding. I heard it took hours to wax her back. <laughs> I don't know why I find that fucking funny. It might be stupid, but I, I had fun with this shit. Um, Kim is like a record label. She's always screwing rappers. Um, and here's one. I'm not giving you them all. And I said, when Kim found out Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes... Getting divorced. Oh, I'm sorry. When Kim found out about Tom Cruise and Haiti, uh, Katie Holmes getting divorced after five years of marriage, she said, "Oh my God, why quit now? That is like so long." All right, those are the Kim Kardashian ones. I didn't read them all, but that—that's the gist of it. All right, here's the one that people think is like a golden one, and I'm kind of proud of it because I—I I really had fun with this shit. I wrote, "Tom Cruise is so far in the closet. He found his bomber jacket from Top Gun in there." 
I love that one, man. That's that's my favorite, I think. Um, what else? The only thing in more danger than a Tom Cruise marriage is the future of Snooky's baby. Um, what else do I got here? Hold on. He's hoping to... Yeah. Tom recently starred in Rock of Ages where he played a rock god who had long hair, eye makeup, and no shirt on. He's basically playing the person he's always wanted to be. And here's another Tom Cruise one. Tom was so upset after his split with Katie Holmes that good friend John Travolta said, Hey man, I'll take you to get a massage on me. I know a great place. Alright, those are some of the Tom Cruise ones. And... Let's see here. <laughs> Oprah. Oprah was the toughest. I'm not going to lie because she's so loved and everything. Um, let's see here. What did I say? Oprah's long-term boyfriend, Stedman, has recently grown a, grown a beard to represent what he means to her, to Oprah. Um, let's see. Oprah's, <laughs> Oprah's weight has really fluctuated over the years. Her weight's been up and down more times than Jerry Sandusky's trousers at a t-ball game. And I'll give you guys one more. I know that's a risky one. I don't know if uh, <laughs> I don't know if um, Oprah is also friends with other strong black women, women like Maya Angelou and Queen Latifah. These women have a lot in common. They are all talented, rich, and nobody wants to bang them. Uh, so stuff like that. So that's what I had to write. Uh, there's about five or six more from Tom Cruise and Oprah and a few more from Kim Kardashian that I did not read to you guys. But uh, that's basically, I had 24 hours to put that together and get it sent over to Comedy Central. And they're going to look it over and find out, you know, who they want to submit jokes for the Roseanne roast. And then, you know, it's pretty cool, though, because once you start writing for the roast, you never know if you could get, you know, get on them. So that's just all part of the process. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, uh, that's pretty much the first time on the podcast history that I ever kind of revealed some work that I was doing. So uh, you're welcome. And uh, that's because I'm not doing this on Friday. So you guys should hope I fuck up more because I'll try to give you guys more stuff. But um, what else is going on here? You know, yeah, and you can't repeat any of this shit. So you can't say, hey, I like that joke because nobody has, nobody's supposed to see these. All right, so this is some kind of like DL shit. So if you like them, just email me per personally and privately. Um, so what else? So that, so yeah, so I come home just absolutely exhausted from doing all this shit. And I have... Um, a day to chill out and just relax. My son is with my mother-in-law, so I'm just going to be, um, you know, doing what I love to do when I'm not doing what I love to do. And that's pretty much nothing. Okay. Um, movies. Last movie I saw I was Ted. I did not see anything else, but um, I heard good things about Spider-Man, although I didn't like any of the Spider-Man movies. Uh, I'm psyched for Dark Knight Rises, and I think I want to see this Oliver Stone movie, Savages, which apparently is supposed to be amazing. It's violent. It's about a drug cartel. Kidnapping, guns, people dying equals I'll be there. Um, so want to see that. And now we have to talk about the New York Knicks. Great move the New York Knicks made. The New York Knicks got rid of Landry Fields. Who okay, I guess you can't I mean he's not he's not a huge time player, but I liked him. 
Probably because I met him and he was cool to me. How funny is that? But anyway, I thought he played hard, especially when before Carmelo got there. So we lose him, and Steve Nash signs with the Los Angeles Lakers. And who do the Knicks decide to pick up? The Knicks decide to pick up 40-year-old or 39-year-old gut-through-the-jersey Jason Kidd. Now, I obviously have to say, Jason Kidd is not one of the best point guards of my generation or the generation after that, before that, whatever the fuck you want to say. Jason Kidd is one of the greatest point guards to ever live, period. He is one of the best to ever play the position in history under guys like Magic Johnson. But not by much, really. Like, he's fucking amazing point guard. The problem is, that was five, six years ago. He won a couple of years ago with Dallas. He is not the same guy. He's older. And the Knicks fucking picked up an ancient point guard. You're not going to win with him anyway. He's going to be maybe give you a, a, a good two years. But I don't think that that's going to win a championship at all. And now we got to try to get Jeremy Lin, who might go to the Houston Rockets. So I don't know, I don't know what to do. I'm just sitting here like, okay, yeah, this is why. Then I feel like there's some like evil, like some rich evil white dude who just has like a personal, just just a bias against the Knicks that is sitting there and he's just dictating what happens and he does everything to make them not win. I mean, I couldn't imagine. I get so nuts watching the Knicks win and go into the playoffs in one game that I could not imagine if they had to go through a run like Oklahoma City or Miami just deep into the playoffs, and I want to see that so bad. And then you see that they're just like... And I found out Phil Jackson said, yeah, I'm not going... Like, it's a joke. I would never coach that team. It's a bunch of clowns. It wasn't the Knicks not wanting him. They wanted him. He just said, I can't coach these clowns. And you know him. He's an opportunist. Phil Jackson's going to coach a team like the Heat. But now he can't because that dude won. So Phil Jackson's good. Phil Jackson, that's the one thing about that guy. He's got 11 titles. and But, I mean, he's coached all those people. And he just kind of waits in the wings. Like, you'll never see Phil Jackson coach an upstart, you know, like Charlotte Bobcats team. You'll never see. He'll never do that. It's like he's just going to go and have the talent. He knows how to win with the talent. But I'd like to see Phil Jackson should say, hey, I got 11 rings. Let me see what I could do with the fucking Charlotte Bobcats. Michael Jordan is an absolute disaster in everything that he does off the basketball court. Even in personal, like personal, he like he doesn't tip. He that he's like, and I've heard from so many sources, the guy just sucks. He just sucks. He's an arrogant dick. He's a creep. He's just, he's just, you know. And I've heard this, and I don't like to talk shit about people, but you know something, man, you you shit on too many people, and you're just a jerk, and you don't tip, and you act like that, and you do the shit you did with your Hall of Fame speech was just a shitty thing to do, trying to trash people, you know, and 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 you run an NBA basketball team like a fucking, oh my god. There's some fantasy basketball nerd out there who can run the Charlotte Bobcats, but they were seven and fifty nine. How do, they were seven and fifty nine. That's a fucking monk. You could put you could have put a fucking suit on a chimpanzee, and a chimpanzee would have just fucking thrown darts at something and said whatever it lands on. Fucking that's what you do. And they could have been better than seven and fifty nine. That's ridiculous. So I don't know, man. I don't know what it's going to take uh, for the Charlotte Bobcats to be good. But it'd be nice to see a Phil Jackson or a guy like that go there. But he won't do it. 
Um, he's not with the Knicks. And even the Knicks would be nice. Like, go to the Knicks and try to see what you could do. You have some talent there. You won a championship the last time they won in 1973 with the Knicks. It'll be full circle. Come to the Garden. You know, have the current coach be the defensive coordinator and see what you could do. Use your fucking Zen mag. You're a Zen master, right? Fucking use your Zen shit and do something with it. So I don't know. So now I got to watch, you know, chunk. I got. Do I really have to watch a chunky 40-year-old Jason kid running up and down the court at Madison Square Garden? Passing the ball and people really getting excited that it's Jason Kidd. You know, I would rather, you know, well, I'm glad they don't get rid of Shumpert because I heard that they were going to get rid of Shumpert. If they got rid of Shumpert, who's one of the best, you know, defenders, you know, um, perimeter defenders, one of the best perimeter defenders in the NBA. He hurt himself, but he's good and he was working on his shot. He was getting good. So um, I'm glad that they didn't get rid of him. I, I can't decide if I'd want Dwight Howard. You know, because I think with the Dwight Howard's in contract for another year, so he could leave you, and that's not cool. So, I think um, I think we should just you know kind of work with what we got. We got Chandler, we got Amari, we got Shumpert, and uh, and we got the the Jason Kidd. Everybody, oh my God, it's gonna suck. You know, it's funny he's gonna have one good game, and I'm like, no, it was a good move. I think I think I was wrong. He might be a little fat, but the guy could still play. And I'm not saying he's not gonna be able to play. Okay, let me get the female listeners back. Um, what else were we going to talk about here? I had, um, I had, you know, the, talking about this can jam. I'm actually thinking about. I'm going to get it later and do something. I got to do something, and I'm 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 home now, and I'm saying to myself, okay, I got nothing to do today, and I'm like, I want to do something. But there's been a lot of. There's been a lot of talking around the uh, comedy community here in New York about what's going on in the industry. And, uh, you know, this is not a, this is just a change, man, in, in what's going on. And this is not a, a bash on anybody. I just want to preface what I'm about to go into and talk about here as um, just re- what's reality and what's real right now and what's going on, okay? Because... And I've talked about this with many, many comedians, especially over the last few days. Um, if you guys know comedian um, Giannis Pappas, uh, Giannis is a friend of mine. He's a cool dude. He's in, you know, he, he's in New York, and he put a Facebook posting on. And just look at his Facebook posting about what he said about, um, you know, the industry and what they're looking for now. It's exactly what me and Adrian and Chris Lamberth were talking about last night in the car. And and here's what's going on. And it's kind of, you know what, it's, it's good and bad. You know, you can't be bitter about anything and you can't worry about what anybody's doing. You can't even really worry about what industry's doing and, and what industry's looking for. You know, the only thing that you can do is worry about yourself, worry about your writing, and worry about, what you need to do in order for you to get better and and improve as a comedian. But what's happening right now in 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 the world of stand-up comedy is they are not looking for great comedians anymore. As sad as that is to say, they are really not. And this has nothing to do with anything f- me or any of my friends or any comedians or or anybody who said anything 
um, about this because they're upset about their own personal shit. There's nothing to do with that. This is a fact and this is what's going on. And um, people who are in the circles and in comedy know this. And if not, you're going to slowly see it. But what's happening is industry and what they're looking for um, is quick fix. Three, four years comedians, you know, who have been only doing it that, that long. Well, and let me tell you something, okay? Chris Rock and all these guys said it. You haven't done shit in the business and you don't know shit in the business until you've been in it a decade. And nobody will take you seriously until you've been in it in a decade, you know, double digit years. You know, you travel all over and you work. And that's what it takes. And that's what real comedians do. Now, I'm not saying that these three and four year comedians aren't good at the level they're at. I'm not saying that they can't be great. But what's happening is if they have a distinct look, if they are doing something different, it's quick fix bullshit to cast them in something. It is, it, they want different, you know, they want awkward. These fucking people can't sustain a strong half hour, 45 minutes, an hour. They can't. Yet, industry is booking them and putting them on shit. Now, there's a reason why so many people come up to you if you're a comedian or if you're not a comedian, you say it. And what it is is, man, I watch TV. All these guys fucking suck. How many times have you said that? How many times as a comedian, a real comedian, if you're listening to this and you're a real fucking comedian, and you know what I mean by that. I'm talking about the real dudes. And when I say dudes, I mean females too. I'm just fucking, I'm going to get somebody. Well, you know, I listen, he's fucking sexist. No, I'm just saying the real comedians that go out there and they fucking hustle and they work hard and it's those people. How many times have you heard? Yeah, you know, I'm not. I'm not seeing like guys that are funny like you on TV and, and this 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 sucks and this sucks and now I'm not saying all the people that that get on TV aren't, you know, but but I'm saying if you notice there's an overload of shitty comedy on TV. And you know, it's because industry is looking for castable comedic acting, awkward. Why do you think there's so many sitcoms more sitcoms about awkwardness and nerdiness? You know, and fucking glasses and fucking beards and all this shit going on. That's what's going on, okay? Some of the biggest and best comedy clubs in not only New York but in America are booking guys that have been doing it three or four years when it used to be fucking all Hall of Famers. All Hall of Famers sitting in comedy clubs. And now what it is, is it's fucking guys been doing it three or four years but maybe they're going to hit something or a TV show. That's what it's become. And that's fine. Sometimes that's good because what happens with that, and if anybody gets discouraged about that, just know this, it's going to get exposed for what it is, okay? Eventually, you could only hide, you know, you could only hide the the, the stench of something nasty for so long, okay? And eventually, it's going to come through and it's going to stink and people are going to know. And the last people standing are going to be the people who are doing it the way that you need to do it, which is the hard way, which is the getting great way, which is the going to be here when it's all over. If there was a comedy apocalypse, okay, you're, the people that stay the course and work and try to get great and be great, they're going to be the ones like in fucking Book of Eli, walking down the fucking, walking down, you know. To the next, to the to a comedy club of people waiting for it. That that's what that's what it's gonna be. So just don't just keep doing what you're doing. But it, it it is it is it is crazy out there. Like you know, you see people headlining. They're three four years in. You're like that fucking person's headlining, really. You know, 
I mean, listen, I, I've been doing this 12 years and I, I just started to slowly headline rooms. When I feature rooms, I like to be working with monsters. You know, I like to be working with the Robert Kellys, the Bill Burrs, you know, legends like Dom Herrera when I'm middling when I, and, and I'm starting to slowly close. And I got a lot of work to do to become a better headliner and to become a more honest comedian. And I'm going to. I'm going to put the work in. That's what I plan to do. But, you know... Right now, it's it's really about fucking casting, and it's really about it, it's show business shit. It's it's that's what it's about. And um, the sad thing is, people that really, you know, have been putting putting time and effort in, they're not they're not getting cast and shit, and they're getting upset. But you can't get upset. You can't get bitter because, you know, it takes a long time. Look, all the great comedians. Look at all the great comedians, and look when they're popping, and look what's going on. So I love where I'm at and I love where my friends who are at my level are at because we're the people that are working hard and hopefully going to be where we, we know we're going to be. And I think in five, ten years, a lot of these people that are flashes in the pan aren't even going to be doing it anymore. So I don't get upset about it. People always say, oh, how come this and how come that? You know, you can't you can't look at it like that. You got to look at it like, you know, you'll see. You'll see. And, and you know something? Some of these guys that are getting stuff and some of these, you know, comedians that are getting stuff. And again, I mean female comedians too. Um, they may work hard and get to a level and they, you know, they got exposed, but they stuck with it. They're hungry. They love it enough and they get there. But, but some won't. Some are going to be like, man, everything was going good. Everyone was booking me and now nothing and fuck this. And then they're going to be out. They're not going to be in it. So, you know, don't get discouraged, man. Don't get discouraged. And I know there's a lot of comedians that have said this and talked about it. I know there's a lot of comedians right now going, oh my God, we were just talking about this because this shit is happening right now. It's happening, but it's fine. It's fine because, um, you know, everything, not to sound corny, not to sound cheesy, everything happens for a reason. Things that were going to happen were going to happen. I, I believe that. And uh, I think you do have to make shit happen. But, you know, I just uh, I just love what I do, man. I'm having fun. I get to travel the country. I get to grab a microphone, make people laugh, and I'm trying to get great at, at one of the hardest crafts in the world. So... So fuck it, man. You know, that's how I look at it. So don't, don't, you know, but, but that is really what's happening. And that really is weird though. I'm not going to say it's not, it's weird. It's scary because you would think that, wow, man, like it really is about money. And it, and it really, I know that at the end of the day you need to make money, but like the art form is really important and, and doing it the right way and, and, and really earning things should, should be really important. And, you know, Unfortunately, when you got to make a buck, you know, that's it. What are you going to do? So that's my little uh, blurb there about the state of comedy today and, and really what's happening. And when I say today, I mean literally present time. That's what's going on. That's what festivals are looking for. They need to make money. That's what, that's what you know, people are, you know, it's, it's crazy. You know, I don't know what the fuck is, is going on. But it's getting really bad. That's why, man, if you're a comedy fan, make sure you support the comedians that you really like and the comedians that are, you know, working hard and traveling to your town and have a half hour, have an hour. Support those people. Support the comedians that are fucking working their ass off and flying out to your city, going into your comedy clubs and working hard. And just because they're not in a fucking sitcom, you know, with fucking nerds in it, uh, you know, or whatever. I mean, I think... You you know I I think I'm just talking about shows in general that are looking for quick fixes and shit. Um, you know, by the way, if I get into a show, man, you better come out and support me. I'm not talking about that. So, 
Um, all right, that's it. Enough of that rant. But that's what's going down, and uh, it's fucked up. All right. I got some plugs here, and I will get out of here and let you go about your your day. Um, I will be flying back to Texas. I will be at in San Antonio, Texas again. I was in San Antonio, Texas last month at the River Center. I am going to the Laugh Out Loud Comedy Club, which is on the other side of San Antonio, Texas, and it's for their locals. Okay, so it's, um, and, and I actually like the crowds at LOL better than the River Center because the River Center is by the Riverwalk and it's more tourists. This one is like locals and I, I just think the crowds are better and even smarter. Uh, sorry if you were at the River Center and you saw me. You guys were all right too. But I'm looking forward to it. I'll be flying out there on Wednesday. I'll be there from July, uh, Wednesday, July 11th to Sunday, July 15th. So I will be at the LOL Comedy Club in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, and then I am home, and I will not travel until September, where I will be going to Brad Garrett's Comedy Club um, in the MGM in Vegas. I will be opening for um, Bill Burr in, I want to say, Jacksonville, Florida, and Cincinnati in October. But those will all be, those will all be updated um, on the site and everything like that. So check me out next week. If you're in San Antonio, come out, come out to a show. Um, I will be doing the podcast from San Antonio. Don't know if I'm going to have a guest on the show yet. I might, but, um, please download it. And again, I'm going to try to make this as consistent as I can on Fridays. Please keep downloading. I'm going to have the t-shirts available online um, by the end of July, because I'm redoing something with the shirt, I'm printing something else on the shirt, you'll see it, I'll have pictures of it, and I will be uh, selling them online, so you guys can uh, purchase them there, and um, I'm going to have, I think, uh, medium, large, extra large, and um, maybe double, yeah, double X, but I'm not, like, listen, man, if you're fucking a super fat fuck, I'm not going to, you know, enable you to keep eating gallons of ice cream all hours of the night, just so, you know, Fuck that. I'm not getting a triple X shirt. I'm not buying a fucking bed sheet for you so you can shove your face and be comfortable. You want to wear my shirt? I'm trying to help you. Lose weight. If you're a big fan and you're fat, just get to a double X and I'll send you one. All right? That is the uh, the podcast. I will review uh, whatever new release uh, movie that's in the theaters. Uh, I will talk about that next week. And I will also tell you guys what's going on in San Antonio. It's probably going to be, you know, 125 fucking degrees out there. Um, and it's, you know, should be a lot of fun in the clubs and everything like that. So until then, I will talk to you guys. This has been the Verzi Effect Podcast, episode number 68. Until next Friday, I am out of here. Thanks. Get the game can jam. And uh, support. Keep supporting comedy, everybody.